Week six, day four, the heritage of God's people. My name is AJ Venegas. I'm the community group director here at the church. And this entry begins with Psalm 104, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. So far in this series, we've seen that when we delight in the word of the Lord and meditate on it day and night, we can't help but meet a creator God who reigns over all things, who's present in all situations, who's holy, who's loving, just. At the same time, we also meet human beings, just like you and me. When we immerse ourselves in our Old Testament, we begin to find common patterns. God lifts up the humble to be used by him in mighty ways. Those who are lifted up, they eventually rebel against the Lord. Their sin becomes the source of destructive situations. Then they humbly cry out to God to save them. Here's the fascinating thing. God always responds favorably towards his people. God never breaks the promise he made to Abraham and continues to bless Israel. In fact, through all of the sin and rebellion, our God was able to structure Israel's entire history in such a way that brings him glory. Here's what I mean. When you meditate on the word of the Lord, you begin to desperately anticipate the one who would come to defeat sin. Like we heard from Pastor Rob this week, we need a new and better Moses who would lay down his life for the sake of God's chosen people. We desperately await someone to bring us out from this spiritual slavery we experience under the power of sin. We also long to return to the presence of the Lord and live under God's rule of steadfast love and true justice, just as Pastor Austin and Susan mentioned. Here's the point. If you're a Christian today, when you meditate on the law of the Lord, the Torah, the very word of God, you are delighting in your own history as a human adopted into God's family. You're essentially reframing your thinking to see your heritage as a child of God. So when I say heritage, I basically mean something you inherit by means of becoming a part of a family. What is this heritage? Well, if you're confused about the heritage you possess as a child of God, I'd love to invite you today to read Psalm 104 to 106. This section of Psalm poetically retells our spiritual story, our heritage we've received from Israel, our ancestors. So today, I'd love to simply invite you to relax as you marinate in your heritage as a believer. First, it's important to recognize that our heritage points entirely to Yahweh, the God of Israel. In the beginning, we meet a God who created all that we see, the skies above, the land below, and everything in between. Here's how he started this process. God took what was considered to be chaotic, destructive, the waters and darkness itself. And God said, let there be light. And it was so. Just like that, the spirit hovering over the waters turned chaos into order. The darkness and light differentiated, day and night distinguished the first day. Psalm 104, 1-2. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light, as with a garment stretching out the heavens like a tent. Next, God created an expanse in the heavens and separated the ocean blue sky from the sea waters below the second day. Psalm 104.3 He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. 
He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. God caused the dry land to appear. The ground sprouted, vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, each according to its kind. Day 3. Psalm 104, 14-18 You caused the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen the man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. So remember the day and night that God created on day one? Now on day four, God appoints the two great lights that would govern the stars in the skies. They would dictate the seasons, including what is day and what is night. These are the sun, moon, and stars, the fourth day. Psalm 104:19. He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows its time for setting. Remember the skies and the seas that God created on day two? God fills those too. The oceans would teem with living creatures while the skies would be filled with birds soaring above. Day 5. Psalm 104, 24-26. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. And finally, remember the land and the vegetation that God created on day three? God fills the land with animals and his image bearers. That's us. This helps us remember that we are creatures, but we are entirely unique, made in his image and likeness. Our heritage tells us that we are beings intricately designed from the dust and animated by the very breath of God. Our mission? Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, reign over it, the sixth day. Psalm 104, 27 to 30. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. If you haven't caught on, Psalm 104 is a retelling of creation. But what's the point of meditating on the story of creation? Does God sort of wind up his creation and then step away from the story, sort of like one of those toys you you twist and let loose to do whatever it was designed to do? No. Our heritage tells us a story about a God who loves us and wants to be in relationship with his image bearers. Even though humanity continues to rebel, God continues to make covenant promises with his chosen people. From the very beginning, he promises to destroy sin. With Noah, he promises to preserve the world. And with Abraham, he he continues to promise that he will bring blessing to his people. Our father responds to us and brings blessing to his people. Psalm 105, seven to eight, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. Psalm 105 uncovers the story of those thousand generations, our ancestors. Our heritage starts with this original promise made to Adam and Noah. Eventually, this story moves through Abraham, his son Isaac, his son Jacob. God promises to give Abraham's descendants 
the land of Canaan, the promised land. But our forefathers continue to rebel. And so at the end of Genesis, Joseph, son of Jacob, and a victim of sinful actions, he miraculously finds his way to power in Egypt and in a position to save God's chosen people. And he says this, his brothers meant to harm him, but God remained faithful to his covenant of blessing. After 400 years of captivity in Egypt, God then lifts up Moses. Moses becomes the example of someone who would represent God as he delivers God's people out from slavery. In Psalm 105, you'll read about the famous stories of the 10 plagues, the exodus out of Egypt, the protection God provides, and his provision in the wilderness. Psalm 105, 43 to 45 says this, So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. And he gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil, that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. You see, our heritage may tell us that humans have a pattern of rebelling, but God has a long history of saving his people, even in their worst situations. He takes their tragedy and writes a beautiful story out of it that would give him glory. So why have we been called to meditate on the law of the Lord? It's so that we can understand our heritage. God is faithful to deliver his people. Psalm 106, 6-7 says this, Both we and our fathers have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedness. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea, at the Red Sea. Yet, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. The question remains, how would he do this? What would be done about this underlying problem of sin? Now, I want you to pay close attention to these next passages that I'm about to read, because it's at their worst moment the golden calf incident, the moment in which God's image bearers deny their own status as image bearers and create their own image of God. It was in this situation that God reveals how sin can be overlooked. Psalm 106, 19 to 23. They made a calf in Horeb and worshiped a metal image. They exchanged the glory of God for the image of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. Therefore, he said he would destroy them. Had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Here's the thing about Moses, the chosen one. Moses could not resolve the problem of sin and rebellion in his own heart. Psalm 106, 32 to 33 points this out. It says, They angered him at the waters of Meribah, and it went ill with Moses on their account, for they made his spirit bitter, and he spoke rashly with his lips. So here's how God crafted the entire story of Israel to bring glory to himself. After reading these Psalms, you should be asking, Lord, if only we had another chosen one 
to stand in the gap for us and remain faithful to God's word. If only we had a chosen one to overcome the problem of sin. Today we can celebrate because this would be fulfilled in Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, our beloved Messiah. The Exodus story, the entire law of Moses section, the Torah, the Pentateuch, whatever you want to call the first five books of the Bible, ends with the Israelites crossing into the promised land after wandering for 40 years. You would think this would be a turning point in their history, right? Surely they would recognize God and follow him with all their heart, right? But once they crossed into the land, they did exactly the opposite of what God was telling them to do. Our spiritual heritage is a sinful human nature. Psalm 106, 34 to 39. They, meaning the Israelites, did not destroy the peoples as the Lord commanded them, but they mixed with the nations and learned to do as they do. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus, they became unclean by their acts and played the whore in their deeds. Strong words. Unfortunately, our heritage involves these tragic and gruesome events. Our sin can get extremely ugly. But let's never forget that our heritage also involves a God who rules over all things and never breaks his promise to shower blessings upon his people. Psalm 106, 44 to 45 documents God's response. Nevertheless, he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry. For their sake, he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. He caused them to be pitied by all those who held them captive. So here's a worship challenge for you. What do we do when we find ourselves in situations where our thoughts and feelings are convincing us that God is not there, that God is not good and does not stay true to his promises? My challenge for you is to humble yourself and admit that we can't see God's plan, but we can delight in the law of the Lord. We can meditate on it day and night. We can become familiar with our heritage and we can celebrate that Jesus has come to free us of our sin as we remember that God is with us no matter what comes our way. Psalm 106, 47. Save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Thank you.